We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, just uh, decided to jump on tonight because I have some free time. I uh, took some questions on Twitter um, and thought I, could, thought I should answer uh, some of them. Um, might be doing that a little bit, uh, a little bit more frequently for the time being, um, just because if, if if you don't know, I um, I, I did uh, lose my job, um, my day job that is. Um, I'm putting complete faith and trust in the Lord in that through the whole process and finding a new job uh, wherever God leads me. Um, of course, I would love. Love, love, love to do this podcast full time, um, but Lord willing, He will allow that at some point, or He's got greater things for me. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what He has in store. Again, I am not. Uh, I'm not worried. My family's not worried. Um, my former employer and I came to a mutual agreement, and they offered me a very generous uh, severance package. So I am, my family and I are, are uh, doing okay and uh, no complaints there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to pray, search out the Lord um, for wisdom and guidance. Um, and I pray that, uh, or hope that uh, you guys, if you feel so inclined to pray for me, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, like I said, of course... This podcast is what I would love to do for a living. And like I said, Lord Lord willing, he will allow me to do so. Uh, but uh, let me dive into some of the topics I was asked about today. Of course, <laughs> probably the number one or one of the number one things being talked about now, uh, the University of Colorado and uh, the transfer portal and just how crazy it has been there, losing uh, 56 transfers out a staggering number uh, the next closest would be Old Miss with 33 and then Texas A&M and Oregon each at 31 so significantly higher um, especially because you only have 85 scholarship players on your roster um, as of April 25th um, the Monday leading up to that Colorado had 18 players enter the portal just in that short little time frame I and mean, just in a couple days. Um, <clears throat> just an unbelievable amount. Uh, I, I want to say they had 13 to 18 enter in one day. I want to say between that number <clears throat> on April 24th. So just a staggering number. I mean, uh, Deion Sanders or Coach Prime flat out said like, one of those guys to leave. He's. Gonna, I think we all agree he's going to bring in. He's going to bring in talent. Um, he he's brought in a bunch of uh, power five transfers already. Um, 
and and I don't think anybody is questioning that he'll be able to get that done at the highest level. But at the same time, um, it's it's going to be very interesting to watch. Let's just say that um, his his coaching style <clears throat> is a little bit different than than uh, than myself. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm never going to question another coach as a former head coach college head coach myself. I'm never going to question another head coach's coaching tactics or or anything. But um, there he handles things a little differently than I would. Let's just, that's I'll just leave it at that. At the same time, the Pac-12 is going to be unbelievably tough this year. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them to finish in the top half of the Pac-12 this year, in my opinion, uh, just because of the cohesion that issues that that I could see unfolding. Uh, football is a game where you need that that com- that camaraderie and that uh, um, just the reps with each other. And I just don't know if they're going to have enough time to do that. And their schedule is pretty daunting. I mean, if you look at uh, um, if you look at their schedule, it's it's pretty pretty dang impressive. <clears throat> Pulling it up real quick, um, but I, I want to say that they open up with TCU, so a reigning uh, CFP national national championship game participant so just just extremely difficult um yeah they open up at tcu then they get nebraska and host colorado state so their non-conference schedule two p5s and an in-state rival so very very difficult then pac-12 play they open up go to oregon and host usc i mean sheesh then they're at Arizona State, host Stanford, at UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, at Washington State, and at Utah. That is a it's a pretty difficult schedule. Honestly, in my personal opinion, if if they went six and six, seven and five, I think that would pre- be pretty impressive. Just me personally speaking about that, looking at that at a quick glance like that. Um, I, I think that would be I think it would be pretty dang impressive for them to to reach that point. Um, and I know a lot of people um, are thinking that they could do better. Even I think in due time he will he will get that thing rolling. But uh, nonetheless, uh, another question I was asked: What do I think about Army's new offense? Uh, really, really interesting situation unfolding and uh at west point as jeff mocking uh ditching the triple option offense to the sh- for the shotgun um he's run this for um, 25 years now let's say um <clears throat> and army i mean is, is is known for running the triple option and i think last year it was really put into uh or it was really exposed a little bit. I, I I think we all we all understand that the service academies had a really really tough time with uh, the COVID year. Twenty twenty really killed their football programs, and I understand Air Force has ha, has done really well, but they also had some uh, violations in there too, nonetheless. But 
they've still found a way to push through it. But Army and Navy struck have struggled a bit, and and I think it has uh, it, it's uh, it has a lot to do with um, their players didn't get the extra year eligibility because the service academies just want their guys to graduate and move on and into the workforce and and I completely understand that because of of what they're doing in the world so I completely understand that but from a football perspective it really puts them behind the eight ball and um, I, I, I've been a fan of Army and, and all the service academies running the triple option I, I can speak from uh, the standpoint of uh, UConn football playing them the past couple years and it is a pain to have to you play an entire season against let's just say quote unquote normal offenses then all of a sudden in the middle of the year or towards the end of the year wherever it falls on the schedule bam you got to play a triple option offense and that has to be a pain in the butt to defend and prep for for all those teams so for a long time army navy air force have had that advantage when it comes to that and uh it but with with the transfer portal as prevalent as it is and players are leaving these service academies at the same rate that they're leaving other programs as well um so it so it's i think it's in the best interest for army and potentially the other service academies to move to the modernized spread offense so you can recruit the same type of athletes that everybody else is recruiting I understand it is going. It's going to be very difficult for those service academies to pull in transfer portal kids. I, I, I understand that process, and I, I don't envy those coaches because they still have players leaving. Um, but the level of education they're offering is is a heck of a lot different than everywhere else. So you're hoping that those guys are coming there for the education and for the opportunities that come after football. But looking at Army moving to this system, I think in year one, it, 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 as in any as in any system, when you change it, there is a progression that has to take place and it takes time. And Army has to change their entire identity and what they do offensively. So I, I think... I think at the beginning, it could be a struggle because now you're having these offensive linemen, undersized offensive linemen who you, who are just going to have leverage and do everything that they're supposed to do in the run blocking game. Now you're asking them to run the spread and protect the quarterback at a different level so they can throw the ball more than they ever have. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what happens there when it comes to that, the progression of that and how long it may take. But one, one interesting thing that I looked into um, when it comes to Army's pass attack, the, 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 the Black Knights actually displayed a bit more of an open attack in 2022 
as Army passed for nearly nine times per game, which is the second highest that they've had over the past six years, but with only three and a half completions per game, which is the second lowest that they've had performance-wise since 2018. Both obviously rank as the lowest among the 131 FBS Division I teams during that time frame. <clears throat> so I think we all understand the option offense depends on positive yardage, plays three to four yards per play. You do that for four downs, you get a first down. Um, with the switch to a spread, um, I, I definitely can see them still doing plenty of the option out of the spread, especially at the beginning stages, just because that's what they're going to have personnel-wise. I'm intrigued to see what they do in the future when it comes to recruiting position guys that they could get. Um, just intrigued to see what that could lead to in the future. I don't uh, – time will tell. We don't know what that's going to look like, but – very intrigued to see how that goes. I think it's one of the more intriguing storylines that no, that not very many people know about. Because, like I said, UConn has played Army the past two years that I've been a huge part of UConn football. And it has, like I said, it's been a pain in the butt because you go, you're playing quote-unquote normal offenses, and bam, you got to play the triple option, and it throws everything off. And... Now that they're not going to have that, I'm really intrigued to see what that looks like at the beginning. <clears throat> I know my good friend Omar, who we've had conversations about <clears throat> Army, Navy, and, and, and the like. I, I know he's a, an Army Army grad and huge Army football fan. It's something I'm going to have to continue to talk with him about, but I think it's a really intriguing storyline to watch throughout the season what Army's new offense looks like. And I know it's not going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot, but it's an, like I said, it's an intriguing thing to watch throughout the season. Um, the next question, uh, about the new look AAC. Uh, interesting uh, to look at here. Um, with the AAC <clears throat> now having UAB, Charlotte, East Carolina, FAU, Memphis, Navy, North Texas, Rice, South Florida, SMU, Temple, UTSA, Tulane, and Tulsa. So adding UTSA, Rice, Charlotte, UAB, and uh, North Texas, and just uh, taking the places of some of the teams that left there. Um, I think there there is the the running joke that this is just Conference USA 2.0. And I get it. I, I, I get the joke. But at the same time, there are some good football programs in this conference. UAB is UAB. They're fantastic. East Carolina has performed at a much higher level. SMU is very good. Tulane might be the best G5 team in college football this year. UTSA is going to be right in the running with them for that. SMU has been good. Um then going to Memphis could have a good year. FAU uh, with a new coach could really do some things. Um, and then other programs with new coaches like uh, South Florida and Tulsa could move up the radar. Temple uh, with a new coaching staff from last year uh, moving up in the ranks to see how, how they 
go. Navy has a new coach. So there, Charlotte has a new coach. There, there's some really, really intriguing things to watch here. I think <coughs> the race is going to heavily be between Tulane and UTSA. Don't count out UAB at all either, uh, but or East Carolina for that matter. But Tulane and UTSA right now seem to be the two that separate themselves. Um, two. Tulane has an opportunity to do something special. They host Ole Miss week two. Um, that That is going to be a really special opportunity for Tulane there. Really intrigued to see what they're going to be able to do there. Um, next next question, um, or next topic, unlimited official visits now. Um, this is something that the NCAA just put in place. Um, I think this is just going to only lead to the rich getting richer. Um, now that these kids are allowed to go on as many visits as they want to as many P5s as they want, I think it's only setting up for the inevitable system that is going to be potentially in place when it comes to the expanded college football playoff where the power fives in the mega conferences are getting anything and everything they want. I think, uh, I think this is this is not going to be good, uh, especially for the smaller schools or those quote-unquote G5 schools. Um, it's really going to put them behind the eight ball. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Of course, time will tell how this goes. But I, I, I don't see too much good coming from this. I see the rich getting richer at a, a much higher rate. Um, Next topic, of course, the transfer portal, uh, the positive and negatives. Let me start with the positives. I am all for uh, players um, if they have another opportunity to to do something great. I am all for players having that opportunity to leave and go to a bigger school potentially, or or if. Uh, I, I personally myself transferred um, when I was in college. I transferred because my mom got very sick and I felt the need to go be close to her. I think that's a circumstance, obviously, where players should transfer. Um, I, I, I'm never going to fault a player in that circumstance. The negative I see in that, though, is so many of these players leave just because it gets tough. And they don't want to work through. They just want to be, oh, I want to go somewhere. I'm going to play right away. Uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I, You continuously see that over and over and over again. And then you see these players enter the portal three or four times. And it's just like, holy smokes. Um, so I think that's a huge negative. I think the grad transfer route is there. there's two sides to it. I think... I think anybody should be allowed for a graduate program um, that they're looking for, be allowed to uh, go to another school and uh, do that for the scholastic part of it. But I think uh, I would say nine times out of 10, we understand that these players aren't transferring because they're looking for a different grad program than their, that their school doesn't offer. They're looking for, where can I go right away type of thing. Um, I'm big on if you make a commitment, you stick to it. Now, like I said, I did transfer myself. 
but it was because of a family situation. Um, so a little, a little different for me personally. I think the ultimate negative when it comes to the transfer portal from a coach's standpoint, uh, me as a former head college basketball coach, I'm so glad I'm not coaching college basketball anymore or college sports in general. I don't think I'll ever coach college sports. Um, I, I never say never. The Lord might uh, direct me back that way at some point. But the transfer portal makes it almost impossible to build um, the culture that you want in a program. So some of these programs that I see having the correct culture, I applaud those coaches for for the culture that they've created, like Jim Moore at UConn and Jamie Chadwell, what he's doing at Liberty. Um, other, there's other fantastic coaches. Um, of course, you look at Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban. Those are a little bit different different circumstances just because they're powers but like Mike Norvell what he's done at Florida State I think he's done an absolutely tremendous job fixing that culture and turning it to what it is now where they're in the running for a national championship next year I think the coaches that have been able to do that keep players on their roster add pieces where they can and still have their culture I think is pretty dang impressive if you ask me, just because of the landscape of things, I think it, like I said, I'm, I have to say that I'm thankful that I am not in that realm anymore because it would be uh, coaching basketball, looking at that, um, and trying to build a culture in that world when all your players are leaving. I, I, I have a hard time seeing how that's going to work in the long run. But, of course, this is not something that's going away. It's here to stay. we got to learn to deal with it and work with it, and it's going to be a part of the game now. So, like I said, we just got to roll with it. And coaches have to learn to adjust to it, and, and they will. Um, the good ones will because um, if you don't, you're going to get fired. That's plain and simple because it's it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, <clears throat> I recently uh, in April uh, had an eight-day stretch where I went to three different spring games. I had the opportunity. Um, first, thank you to my wife for allowing me to do this. Um, but um, one Saturday, I went to Illinois State University for their spring game. Um, normal, Illinois is only... The campus is only like 30, 35 minutes away from where I live. Quick, easy drive on a Saturday. It was 82 degrees. It was beautiful. I'd actually never been to the football stadium. I've been to Redbird Arena and Coach uh, Doug Collins Court numerous times for basketball. But uh, it, it, I've driven by the football stadium, just never been there. It was a beautiful stadium, especially for the FCS level. I was very, very impressed. Um, uh, some fantastic uh, – Couple handful of players really stuck out to me for ISU. They got some. They got some guys who are going to play at the next level. I'm very very impressed. Looking forward to uh, following them and seeing how they progress. Then uh, uh, a couple days later on a Friday, I made the trip to Macomb, Illinois, about an hour and a half for me to see Western Illinois in their spring game. And <clears throat> Western Illinois is coming off an 0 11 season, so. It, 
a brand new coaching staff last year who came in very, very late in the cycle, didn't have much time to put in, put together the roster that they needed. But they were in uh, four or five games last year down the stretch. They play in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Um, but I was very impressed by the uh, Leatherneck defense. Um, actually, one of my uh, former coaching colleagues and friends is uh, – is the linebackers coach at Western. So I was very happy to catch up with him. And uh, Illinois State plays at Western Illinois uh, the second week of the season, second September, second Saturday in September this year. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully making the trip back to Macomb to see those two play. I know my travels consist of going to every FBS stadium, but I thought I have a couple FCS schools right here in my backyard that I can get to. Um, a friend on the coaching staff at Western Illinois. ISU literally is in my backyard. So it was like, hey, why not uh, uh, have some fun with that? And it was great. Um, the Western Illinois uh, football staff was amazing to me. Had a great time. Um, got to connect with some of the coaches, players. Hopefully I'll have some of them on the show before long. It's, it was a great experience. Really enjoyed my time in Macomb and uh, look forward to getting back. Um, and cheering those guys on. Um, and then the Saturday after I went to Western, I went up to Northern Illinois. I uh, I go to a Northern Illinois spring game every year just because it's an hour and a half, hour, well, about an hour, 45 minutes from where I live. Um, coach Thomas Hammock is a fantastic person, great coach. I always love uh, going up to DeKalb to see those guys. Um, really excited to see that Rocky Lombardi um, is going to have another opportunity at quarterback. He didn't participate in the spring game, like spring drills and stuff. He got some reps. He looked good. Um, really, really excited to see them bounce back. They had so many injuries last year <coughs> where they won the Mac in 2021. Last year in 2022, took a bit of a dive with a ton of injuries. Um, they got a ton of guys back, so I'm really excited to see them bounce back. I think they're gonna they have a good a chance as anybody to win the MAC West. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But the interesting thing about these three visits within an eight day time frame, I was at Illinois State on a Saturday, 82 degrees. Following Friday, I'm at Western Illinois. It's 62 degrees in Macomb, which is which is good. That's a good day here springtime in Illinois but that next day that Saturday at NIU in DeKalb it was 37 degrees and it was snowing during the spring game so <clears throat> that just lets you know spring in the Midwest that's what you deal with that's part of it but nonetheless a uh, ton of fun doing that again thank you to my wife for allowing me to do that um, it's always a ton of fun to do what I do and travel all over <clears throat> to these different environments. Again, one of the things that I love about this about this job. Um, <clears throat> oh, I want to leave you guys with, uh, like I said, I lost my job. I'm not worried about it at all. But again, if you would pray, I would greatly appreciate it. But I'm going to leave you with uh, verse Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So don't focus on 
the worries that you could have in the future. Uh, focus on the right now, what's going on in your life, what you got straight ahead of you, and and pray and trust God and know that he's in control of all of it. So thank you guys for listening to me tonight. Hope everybody's doing well again. Have a good night. God bless. Yeah. <laughs>